The title of the message is, The Lord is My Shepherd. So if you've got your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn in your Bibles in whatever form you have on your phone or whatever device. We're going to have three different sets of scriptures each week that we're going to post continually. One is in John chapter 10, verse 11. It's coming on the screen now. And it reads, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Aren't you glad that Jesus is our good shepherd? In John chapter 10, verse 14, in the NIV version, it says, I am the good shepherd. So twice he calls himself, Jesus does, the good shepherd. He says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And then Psalm 23, probably a very familiar portion of scripture for most anybody, whether you're churched or unchurched. You've probably heard it at funerals and different places. I love this passage. It begins in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, my, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for the wonderful time and worship that we've had, for the wonderful time that you're about to speak to our hearts through the precious word. I thank you that you've laid this series on my heart since the coronavirus. And it is a right now word and a right now time. And so, God, I ask you to speak to us. Anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. Lord, anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today. In Jesus' name we pray. And if, right there in your home, just say amen. And I want you to hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have and say, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, anoint my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. High five somebody right there on your couch. I, I meant that. High five somebody right there on your couch. <laughs> Perhaps no other passage of Scripture can compare to the popularity of the 23rd Psalm. But the church and unchurched claim its familiarity and this passage and are well acquainted with it. In fact, we live in a society where tending sheep is not your ordinary occupation. I would say, in fact, that most of you don't even know a shepherd, much less are familiar with what a shepherd's life is really like. And so I think as a result... We have a tendency to lose some of the meaning that David intended when he wrote this 23rd Psalm. As I said, we're going to take verse by verse, and I want to focus on verse 1 today. And we're going to drill down deep over the next six weeks, interrupting with the Mother's Day message. But we're going to really examine what it's like to be a shepherd and what it is God's trying to convey to us. Immediately after World War II, the Allied armies gathered many hungry, homeless children and placed them in large camps. The children were well-fed and well-fed and well-taken care of, but they were having a tough time going to sleep at night. They were very restless, and nobody could figure out what was going on because they were being well-taken care of. They could eat to their heart's content. 
Finally, they brought in a psychologist who said the problem is they're worried about having food tomorrow. Put a piece of bread in their hand and let them sleep with the bread in their hand and they'll go right to sleep. Sure enough, worked like a charm. They put a piece of bread in their hand and they slept all night long because they understood that they would have something to eat tomorrow. It brought a, an assurance. It brought a comfort. It gave them a calm and peaceful rest. And I want to tell you, that is what the 23rd Psalm gives us. Assurance that we're going to be provided for and taken care of for what we need. You see, the sheep know that the shepherd will make ample provision. So the sheep lies down in its fold with, figuratively speaking, the piece of bread in their hand, knowing that the shepherd's going to lead them to green pastures tomorrow. So this psalm does not begin with the petition asking God for something. Rather, it is a statement of fact. The Lord is my shepherd. Right there where you're sitting, in your living room, in your car, however you're watching this, just say that out with me. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. We do not have to beg God for things. He will take care of us. So all three points today are the same sentence. The Lord is my shepherd, but we're going to focus on a different part of that phrase, a different part of that sentence, and this one is, the Lord is my shepherd. Notice that shepherd is capitalized and underlined. I want to, point number one is, look to your neighbor, look to your neighbor, and tell him, the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd. Say that again. Shepherd. See, it was David, it was as if David is literally boasting here. It's as if David, like a kid, would say, look, that's my dad. It's like David was saying, who is, uh, look who my shepherd is. Look who my owner is. Look who my manager is. Look who my provider is. The Lord is. It's like David is boasting for all the heavens and all the earth to understand, the Lord is my shepherd. He knew firsthand, David did, that the lot of any particular sheep depends upon the type of person who owns it. So under one person, sheep might struggle, they might starve, they might suffer endless hardships. But under another shepherd, they might flourish and thrive continually. The question bears then, why do sheep need a shepherd? Well, there's several reasons. Uh, why does a shepherd, why does a sheep, excuse me, need a shepherd? Because sheep are stubborn and they stray away. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned our own way. Sheep need a shepherd because they are only wanting to satisfy themselves. Sheep are only concerned with eating what is right in front of them. They, they lose sight of all their surroundings. They pay no attention, and they want to know. If you don't remove them from a green pasture or, or take them to a green pasture and you leave them in the same field, they'll just eat all the grass and they'll start eating the dirt. And that's what happens many times with Christians when they're not in the Word of God. They lose the lushness and the greenness of the precious Word of God and God's speaking to them and they start eating the dirt the world has to offer. Why do sheep need shepherds? Because they're dirty. Sheep do nothing to clean themselves. They're one of the few animals that are this way. They do not bathe, roll, scrape, or lick themselves like a cat. They will remain filthy until a shepherd finds a way to clean them. They are dependent on their shepherd to clean them and get the dirt off them. I want to tell you that's a lot like us. We are dirty and have no way to clean our dirty sins off of our lives. Uh, we are dependent upon our good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, to cleanse us of all our sins and make us right with God. 
In fact, Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Man, I love that. It's like the song we sing sometimes. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing it with me. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yeah, come on now. You didn't know I could do that, did you? Hallelujah, I didn't either. Why do sheep need a shepherd? Because they have no sense of danger. They have no instinct to warn them of predators like snakes, wolves, and bears. They're, they're oblivious to their, their surroundings. As a matter of fact, a sheep is dumb. They are actually the dumbest animal there is. And as a result, they're an easy target. And I hate to tell you, but God refers to us as sheep. He realizes that we don't always use the greatest wisdom in life. And we become an easy prey for the enemy. Sheep also are naturally defenseless. They have no weapons of defense. They have no claws. They have no teeth. They have no fangs. And as a result, John 10, 12 says that the wolf can catch them. And I want to tell you something. Who is our shepherd? If we're the sheep of God and the sheep of his pasture, who is our shepherd? Our shepherd identified himself in John 10, 11, where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and there is no greater shepherd, and there never will be. Aren't you glad? that Jesus is our good shepherd. And as our good shepherd, he knows us. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He knows us. John chapter 10 verse 14 says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Listen, he knows when, when you're, when, what you are thinking at 3 o'clock in the morning when everybody else is sleeping. He sees you crying in the middle of the night when everyone else thinks your life's all together and you're weep and your spouse doesn't even know you lay in the bed and cry at night. He knows your inner fears. He knows your struggles. You may smile and act as if you got it all together, but deep inside your world is crumbling. He knows that. He knows what causes you ulcers and what makes you worry. Aren't you glad we have a good shepherd that knows us inside and out? He also relates to us. John 10, 3-4 says this. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Our shepherd Jesus doesn't just guide us, but he is relatable, he is personal, he is uh, knowable. God is not a big, mean guy in the sky with a belt in his hand waiting for you to mess up so he can whoop you good. He is approachable. He is personal. He is knowable. Aren't you? Can you imagine the God who created everything that you see, the universe, the stars, the earth, moon, and sky, everything that you see? Isn't it amazing that the creator of all the universe is knowable, is personable, and is approachable? Wow. He also loves his sheep. Matthew 9, 36 says, But when he saw the multitude, speaking of Jesus, 
He, Jesus, was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Jesus, our good shepherd, is tender. He is kind. He is patient with us. He is full of compassion towards us. I love Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through 23. And unless you read through the Bible every year, you probably don't read a whole lot of Lamentations. But verse 22 and verse 23 of Lamentations 3 is incredible. It says His mercies are new every morning. They fail not. Great is your faithfulness, O God. We have a good shepherd that is faithful to take care of us. He is kind to us when we're unkind to him. He is tender. He is gracious. He is courteous. He is loving. He is a perfect gentleman. Somebody shout amen. Woo! He provides for the sheep. John 10.10 10 says the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and they might have it. More abundantly. During this pandemic, if you will put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you'll put your trust in the Good Shepherd Jesus Christ, He will provide for you. He will take care of you. He will take care of us. Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall supply all our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Our Good Shepherd, He takes care of His sheep. Several years ago, Shrek the sheep, yes, they did name the sheep Shrek, became famous several years ago after he was found hiding and living in caves for six years. This is an astonishing story. Of course, during the time, his fleece grew and grew because he had no one to shear him, no one to shave the wool off. When he was finally found and shaved... They found his fleece weighed an amazing 60 pounds. Six zero, 60 pounds. That's 50 pounds more than normal. He had enough fleece to make 20 men's suits. Incredible. Shrek carried six times the regular weight of his fleece simply because he was away from the shepherd. It took a professional shearer 28 minutes, less than a half an hour, to rid him of his burden. When God created sheep, he had their need for a shepherd in mind. And the same is true for you and I. Life invo involves the accumulation of burdens. And just like that fleece on that wayward sheep that went for six years and they began, it just grew and mounted and mounted and mounted on him. So when we are not in the presence of our good shepherd, our burdens mount and mount and mount on us and we'll get lower and lower and lower. And we'll wonder why walking in this earth and this life is so hard is because we're not giving our burdens to him. Folks, burdens that can't be, we have burdens that cannot be be tended to without the help of our good shepherd Jesus we were never intended to carry the weight Matthew 11 28 through 30 very clearly says come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Jesus said take my yoke upon me you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls take my burden for its light and my my take my yoke for its easy and my burden for its light I want to tell you we were not designed like Shrek the sheep to carry burdens for years and years and years he doesn't even want us carrying these burdens for minutes and minutes and minutes we should cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us Lay those burdens down. He's the good shepherd. He'll take them off of us. Look right there in your living room and shout out hallelujah. He also sacrifices for the sheep. John 10, 11 through 14 says he laid down his life for us. 
He protects the sheep. We find in, in 1 Samuel 17 where, where David was writing and he said, I, took, I literally took the sheep, the lamb, right out of the lion's mouth and the bear's mouth. How many spiritual lions and spiritual bears and spiritual enemies has the Lord rescued us from? Hallelujah. I love it that he says in one verse, the Lord, and he calls him the Lord and the shepherd. I love this. On the one hand, he's the Lord. He is the infinite, unchangeable, and everlasting God. All that is glorious, all that is holy, all that is wise, all that is self-sufficient and much to be honored. That's on one hand. On the other hand, he is shepherd. All that is tender, all that is compassionate, all that is self-sacrificing and much to be loved. Do you see? He carries both sides. On the other hand, he is the shepherd. Somebody say shepherd. He is Lord and shepherd. These two characters in one. All that is lofty and magnificence. On the other hand, all that is lowly in humility. The one, all glorious. The other, all gracious. Wow. The one, he's the lion. On the other, he's the lamb. All perfectly united in our wonderful great shepherd named Jesus. The devotion of the good shepherd was common knowledge in the ancient Mideast. His first interest was to make sure that he supplied the needs of his sheep. And he would guide those sheep to lush green pastures where its need for food was supplied and it could rest. Throughout scripture, we often run across the metaphor of the shepherd. One of the first is found in Genesis 48, 15. It says, and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. This is Jacob speaking. Jacob says, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day. The Hebrew word for fed means to shepherd and to tend a flock. In the original Hebrew, it's to be translated actually exactly like this. It is God who shepherded me all my life long unto this day. Isaiah 40 and 11 says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And gently lead those who are with young. Hebrews chapter 30 verse 20. At the end of the book of Hebrews. He says. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. That great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. I love Jesus. He laid down his life as a ransom. And I want to tell you, his eye notices even just one lost sheep wandering around. His faithfulness will never forsake. He will never leave us comfortless and will never flee when the enemy, the great dragon, the devil, comes trying to knock at our door and attack us. His strength is so that he'll be able to deliver us from any and every burden. His tenderness is so that he will carry us. He will gently lead us. He will take our burdens and he will give us rest. Yes, this is Jesus. Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. So we know he's our good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. But I want to focus in point two now on another aspect and another word in this phrase. And that is the Lord is my shepherd. Just take your hand right there and just say the Lord is my. Pat yourself on the chest. My shepherd. I want you to notice the personal pronoun David uses to express his thoughts here. I believe what David was very emphatic when he said this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, it's kind of like when you, you know, you, you know, like when I'm out in public and someone says, hey, is this, is this your, you know, is this your wife? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my wife. She's hot. Yeah. 
And then, you know, like a parent at a ball game, they'll be like, that's my son. That's my daughter. As a matter of fact, first time ever my daughter helped lead worship, you saw her, the beautiful little strawberry blonde girl worshiping her heart out. That was my daughter. (laughs) That's my wife leading worship. Praise God. Yeah, I'm proud. Listen, David says this, the Lord is my shepherd. We should never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. He is our good shepherd. He did not write that the Lord is the shepherd of the world. He did not write that he is the shepherd of the church. He didn't write that he's the shepherd of church leaders. He didn't write that he is a shepherd like he is just one of many. That makes him one of many. He did not write that he is the shepherd. While that is important, it's also impersonal. He did not write that he is our shepherd. That makes him relate to me in a crowd, and I'm only one among many. But David was insistent, the Lord is my shepherd. He made it personal. And I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is our personal good shepherd. And you can have a personal walk with Jesus. You can walk with him, talk with him. He can be your best friend, and he can be your shepherd today. Hallelujah! Woo! Too often people view the Lord as everyone else's shepherd when they need to realize if they're washed in the blood of Jesus and their name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then they can boldly proclaim, the Lord is my shepherd. Woo! Jesus has been my shepherd since I was 20 years old. He has fed me. He has led me. He has guided me. He has taken care of me. He has never let me down, and he never will. He will never fail us. He'll never forsake us. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The Lord is, say it with me, my shepherd. Look to somebody else in your living room or wherever you're watching and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes. He's my shepherd because he has given himself for me. Mine because my heart trusts in him and clings to him. My shepherd caring for me, loving me, keeping me. This is a personal thing. It's a personal level because the Lord watches over and cares for each and every one of us. Did you know that shepherds can recognize their sheep just by looking at them? Just as we look at people and recognize them by their face. They know their sheep. Let me tell you how good God knows us and how awesome he is as my shepherd. When our girls were really small, Aaron wasn't even born yet. The girls were teeny tiny little things. I think that Haley at the time was probably an infant. Caitlin was around three. And I remember waking up one Sunday morning. We were youth pastoring, and I thought, I, I thought, man, I, I would love to take my wife to lunch today. You know, the kids were so small, they didn't, you, they didn't order anything off a menu. And I, and, but we, we were so, uh, you know, we had so little money, we never could eat out or watch a movie or do anything like that. And I just thought, man, I would really like to take Holly for lunch today. I never said anything to anybody, just thought it. Well, my good shepherd knew what I was thinking. And at the end of service that Sunday, somebody came up and handed me a $20 bill and said, the Lord laid this on my heart, why don't you take your wife to lunch today? That's how much Jesus loves us. That's how much God loves us. That was in the 90s. You could actually do people eat for lunch for 20 bucks back in those days. But man, the Lord is my shepherd. So many times he's provided. Even when I didn't even pray, all I did was think it. Wow. And that leads me to point number three. And that is this. Again, we're going to focus on a different word. And we've actually gone backwards. So as the Lord is my shepherd was point one. The Lord is my shepherd 
to my. And then point number three now is the Lord is. Everybody say is. Is. That's right. Notice the tense of the verb is. The Lord is my shepherd. He does not look to the Lord in the past tense. There are far too many Christians out there trying to live on the past, testifying to what God did 25 years ago. Oh, God did this 15 years ago. I got a question. What has God done for you today? Are you a was Christian? I used to walk with God. At one time I was walking with God. At one time God did this and that for me. I want to tell you, the same God that did it then is the same God that wants to do it for you today. He doesn't have to be a was God. He is a right now, present tense, is God. Woo, somebody shout glory. Nor did he look to the future. Some people will look at this and they'll think or they'll think within their minds. uh, Some only plan to get close to the Lord or the shepherd in the future and know him as the Lord will be my shepherd. (laughs) Are you a will be Christian? One day I'll give my life to Jesus. One day I'll see God do it again. One day I'll pray and maybe it'll happen. I want to tell you, God wants to walk with you today. He is a right now God and wants to provide for you now. If you've got a need, you can trust him now. If you need healing, he can do it now. If you need salvation, he'll save you now. Whatever it is you need, he is there for you now. With full confidence and assurance, David says the Lord is right now. At this very moment, in the present tense, my shepherd. Woo! My shepherd cares about me right now and he cares about you right now. He cares about what we're going through right now. He wants to help us through the coronavirus pandemic right now. He wants to provide food for you right now. He wants to give you toilet paper right now. The rest of that verse says that I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just say I shall not want. The promise is based upon the first part of the scripture. One translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore can I lack nothing. One little girl said it this way, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. Another translation says, I shall have no lack. The fear of want is one of the most disturbing of the human soul. People are everywhere in today's day and age right now, especially with the coronavirus, fearing that they're going to lack something they desperately need. There are so much wiser and wealthier in the world than I am. But I want to tell you there are none in a better position than I am because I lack nothing and I lack nothing because the Lord is my shepherd. He has completely satisfied me so I have no want. He meets my spiritual needs. He meets my physical needs. He meets my emotional needs. He meets my financial needs. I shall not want. Folks, look me right in the eye right now. You're not a beggar. You're a giver. Say that right there where you're at on your couch. You're not a beggar. You're a giver. The, great, the greatest source of worry is about tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next week, next month? What's the coronavirus going to do? What's going to be the effect economy, economically? Will I get sick? Will someone I love get sick? Will my needs be met? The answer to the question about your needs being met is absolutely they will. Psalm 37 and 25 says, I was young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken Or their children begging bread. Again, you're not a beggar. You're a giver. You can lack nothing when you have everything. You lack nothing when you have everything in God. 
God feeds simple birds and wildflowers, allowing them to live. How much more will he do for us? Listen, when you have it all, you, you lack nothing. These three little boys were walking out there on the beach one day, and, and one little boy said, you see that big yacht out there? My daddy owns that. Oh, many other little boys looked. Thought, wow, that's pretty good. All of a sudden, man, this beautiful Learjet flew by, and one other little boy said, you see that Learjet? Your daddy owns that yacht, but my daddy owns that Learjet. Whoa, no, that's something else. And the third little boy looked out there and he said, you see that whole ocean and that sky and everything you see? My daddy owns all that. Our good shepherd owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he will take care of you. I remember one time, one of the first times I went to Israel, we had 10 days to pay $3,000 on our Israel trip. I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know how it was going to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen. We just believed God, stepped out in faith, and paid a little bit as we went. We owed $3,000 and had 10 days. I know what I was going to do. I was riding the car with somebody, and I got a phone call, and I answered, and they said, Pastor Dallas, I said, hey. They said, uh, by the way, uh, your trip's taken care of. Uh, $3,000 got paid today. Have a great time in Israel. See you next time. Bye. Just that fast. God knows what we need, and he'll take care of us. J. Hudson Taylor said this. Our Heavenly Father is a very experienced one. He knows very well that His children wake up with a good appetite every morning. He sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. We do not expect He will send three million missionaries to China, but if He did, He would have ample means to sustain them all. Depend on it. God's word done and God's way will never lack God's supply. Wow. God's will, God's bill. Folks, you're not a beggar. You're a giver. Finally, I want you to notice the tense of the verb, I shall not want. Notice the tense. These words express both present and future tense. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not nor never want. I want to tell you, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, if you put all your trust in God Almighty and the Lord Jesus Christ, as long as Jesus is the Lord and Savior and the Good Shepherd of your life, there will never be anything you will ever need that God won't provide. He will supply every need. Now, you may not always have all you want, but I promise you, you will always have everything you need. Woo! eastern shepherd was always ahead of his sheep he was down in front and that's what God is to us listen God is down in front both as to time and place Jesus is the tomorrow of our history it is the uncertainty of the uncertainty of tomorrows that terrorizes people and fills them with dread like the coronavirus the, the uncertainty of what's going to happen it is the unknown that paralyzes the heart and puts tension on the nerves. But once God becomes my shepherd, once we view him as is, present tense, right now, my shepherd, we are delivered from all fears because he will take care of us. The future is guaranteed, folks, because he's already there. He knows the end from the beginning. All of the tomorrows of our life have to pass before him before they can even get to us. Wow. The Lord is right now my shepherd. Just before we pray, I want you to get that in your spirit. The Lord is not your shepherd 
two months from now, although he will be. This scripture says that the Lord is right now, today, my shepherd who will take care of me. I don't know what your need is today. I don't know if you need healing or hope or deliverance from fear and worry or provision for food on your table. Maybe you're laid off and not sure what to do. I want to tell you if you will put your trust in Jesus Christ, He will prove to be your shepherd right now at this moment. Holly woke up last Sunday, Easter Sunday, and her ankle was killing her. She couldn't even hardly walk. And when we took communion and prayed, it left. God was her shepherd at that moment right then. God can do the same for you right now. We lack nothing with the Lord as our shepherd. Why? You're not a beggar. You're a giver. When we were in college, Holly and I decided that we were going to pay tithes. We were down to about a half a loaf of bread and some peanut butter. We literally had nothing. And we said, we're going to believe God. And we did. We wrote the tie check out. Obviously, we didn't go to, it wasn't a Sunday morning, but we wrote the tie check out. I think it was a Saturday. And we said, well, God, it's in your hands. Within a couple of hours, unbeknownst to us, one of Holly's sorority sisters from Sigma New Sigma at Lee University knocked on the door. And in her hands and some on the ground, she had five grocery bags full of food. She said, me and the sorority sisters felt like we were supposed to go buy you some groceries Hope you're not offended, but these are yours and walked off. Man, I'm telling you, when you trust God, when you take, when you take your walk with the good shepherd serious, he will take care of you. I have never known him to not take care of me or my family. I've never known him to not take care of our church or the people who love him. I want to tell you, he's a good shepherd today. And if you don't know this good shepherd, you do. And the first thing I want to pray for you with, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, man, look what you're missing out on. Who would not want to have him as your good shepherd? And if that's you, I just want you to pray right where you're at with me. Would you do that? Would you, would you just pray and just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me, to clean me, like a shepherd does the sheep of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, not only as my Lord and Savior, but also as my good shepherd. And I believe this right now in the present tense. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to tell you, if you made that decision and you made that prayer, you made the greatest decision of your life. It'll change your future generations. It'll change your life. You will never be the same. And if you did that, I, I, I'll give you some instructions here in just a moment. But we want to pray for some other people first. But listen to me. If you made that decision, you are now part of the greatest fold ever known to man because you've got Jesus as your good shepherd. He'll never fail you, never forsake you. He's with you, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is your good shepherd. Just say that with me. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. Wow. If you're sitting at home right now or wherever you're watching and you say, 
I feel fear. I have this worry that's waking me up and this anxiety. I'm not sure. I've got some food in the cabinets now, but it's getting low, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. I got laid off from my job, and even when this opens back up, how do I know they're going to hire me back? You may have lots of prayers and lots of questions. I want to tell you that you can give them to your good shepherd, Jesus, right now. And so if you will, I want you to take them out. We did this a few weeks ago and just kind of take all those burdens that you have. Don't be like Shrek the sheep and carry 60 pounds of wool on your back. Take all that out right now in your hand. And I want you to, when I count to three, we're going to release it in prayer. You ready? One, two, three. There it is. It's gone. Don't pick it back up. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone right now that you would encourage them with fresh hope. That you would fill them, God, with every need according to your riches and glory. Meet every need. Lord, for those that are sick in body that are watching this right now, God, as I lay my hands towards the camera, I pray you bring total and divine healing to their bodies right now. Just as you healed my wife last Sunday morning watching on the screen and having communion, I pray in Jesus' name, you heal that person of sickness right now. Father, I curse diabetes and I command that body to be healed. In the name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, cancer, you must go. Heart disease, you've got to go. Coronavirus shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you, virus, in Jesus' name. And I declare healing over your bodies. Oh, I thank you, Father. And I pray, God, you rain down from heaven every need and meet it according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Even though the people watching right now may not know, God, where it's coming from. Even though they may not understand how it's going to happen. I pray you provide in a supernatural way. Just like you did for Holly and I all those years ago when we had very little left to eat. Father, I pray, God, and I rebuke the spirit of fear from everyone watching. I rebuke anxiety and worry. And in the name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, I ask you to fill them with peace and hope and tranquility and and, and no anxiety. God, fill them with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. May the fruit of the Spirit be evident in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Just before I give you a few closing instructions, a few things that would like to share with you, I want you just to one more time. I want you just to square your shoulders back. I want you to get one of those deep breaths from the pit of your belly. And I want you to get ready to boldly declare. You know what it's coming. Here it goes. Just say it with me. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. Wow. <laughs> Listen, if you, uh, if you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ, I'd like for you to text the word BELIEVE to the number on the screen. We want to connect with you and help you get started on your new journey in Christ. We have some things and some tools that we can help you with, and we just want to connect with you. Also, if you're watching from your phone on Facebook, just post the word BELIEVE in the comments section right now, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Also, if you would like to connect with us, text the word CONNECT because we'd be honored to reach out to you. And if you're watching from your phone on Facebook, just post the word CONNECT in the comments section right now and we will, in fact, reach out to you. I want to thank you for coming out, friends, for being with us today. Make sure you stay connected with us this week through social media, Instagram, Facebook, our website, and so forth, YouTube. We're doing some devotions and uh, we want you to stay safe. Stay healthy. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you soon. God bless you.